0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me the Reverend Nigel Gill and today folks we are going to go and continue our journey through the Apostles Creed looking at what it is that we believe. Later on Dominic is going to be back with us sharing again from the Lord's Prayer as he calls it the Disciples Prayer sharing with us the second installment on his reflections upon it. But first Let us begin with listening to God's Word. Today, the lectionary psalm for today is Psalm 95, and Charlize is going to read it
1: to us. We're reading from Psalms 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving, and extol Him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods, In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa, in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For forty years I was angry with that generation, I said. They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest.
0: Amen. So continuing our journey Through the Apostles' Creed, let us again just remind ourselves of the words of the Apostles' Creed and the statement of faith that we make declaring it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. Look at the communion of saints and what that means to us today. Members of the Church of the New Testament are frequently referred to as saints. They were saints, not because they excelled in virtue, but because they belonged to God. The word saint and holy translates related Greek words, meaning to be set apart for God. The church is God's people just because he has called us, not because of anything in us. To speak of the communion of saints is another way of speaking of the loving fellowship of all those who belong to God through Christ. The communion is not limited to those who attend our local church or worship our way, it embraces the holy Catholic Church all members of the church the universal church not only on earth at present the church militant in inverted commas but also already in heaven the church triumphant again in inverted commas it is not just a fellowship between people but with god father son and holy spirit this fellowship is experienced and expressed in the whole life of the church in prayer preaching reading the scriptures sacraments music witness and service the communion of the saints i would just like to draw your attention as well to the scripture that since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and it refers to all those who believed and had faith in God right throughout the pages of Scripture. But it is also inclusive of those since Jesus walked in the earth till now. We are surrounded today by a great cloud of witnesses, those people of faith who believe in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work at Calvary. Welcome back to Heartlands here in on Midlands 103 with me the Reverend Nigel Gether where we have been listening to Psalm 95 and we have looked at the communion of saints from the Apostles Creed. Later on Dominic is going to be joining us to go and share with us his second installment on the believer's prayer or the Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer as he refers to it. But first, let's listen to the Word of God. Let us listen to
2: our Old Testament reading, which Chris will read to us now. Our reading today is from Exodus 17, verses 1 to 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, travelling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, But there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarrelled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am i to do with these people they're almost ready to stone me the lord answered moses walk on ahead of the people take with you some of the elders of israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the nile and go i will stand there before you by the rock at horeb strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink so moses did this in the sight of the elders of israel and he called the place Massah and Meribeth because the Israelites quarrelled and because they tested the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not? Amen. Is the Lord
0: really with us or not? That is the statement that the Israelites made but let's be honest that is a statement that I know that I have made and I'm sure that you have made maybe you're someone at this present moment in time and you don't believe the Lord is with you anyway at all Maybe you even question his existence. I don't believe in his existence. But know what it says about these people of Israel in that passage of scripture. It goes and says of them that they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord with us or not? Now, that puts things in a very different perspective. And the psalm goes and says that the Lord came to a point that he couldn't contend with them anymore. And he decided that They would not go and share in the inheritance that he had for them. Now here's the thing. That then is something for us to really consider. But consider the Israelites. Consider their journey. Chris has only just read to us from Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 11, 12, 13 is when you have the Passover take place. You have them being sent out of israel you have them crossing the red sea and then you end up you have in 14 and then they end up that they're breaking out into hymns of praise of god's deliverance for them and then shortly after here we are in 17 and they're wondering whether god is with them or not but the thing is that look at the wonders the miracles the fantastic outpouring of god's display of his love and affection for the people of Israel he went and he delivered them he set them free he made a distinction between them and the Egyptians throughout the plagues as the plagues were being poured out upon the Egyptian people the Israelite people were set apart untouched unscathed even their animals unharmed And so there was a clear distinction being made by it. Even the Egyptian magicians knew when Aaron went and used his staff and turned the dust of the ground into gnats. They went and said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. We can't do this by our magic. We can't do this. This is a power greater than us. This surely is the finger of God. Take note of this. Then you had All the different plagues from that point on take place. God showing who he was, the power that he had. Then you had the people of Israel and the Egyptians went and sent them out, as you know. And then as they were going towards the Red Sea, Pharaoh changed his mind and decided, what have I done? I've let all those slaves go and we need them to be building cities. We need to get them back. And God comes to the defense of the people of Israel and puts a cloud between them and a pillar of fire at night so that Pharaoh's army could not get to them. And then God goes and divides the sea and they cross over on dry land but Pharaoh's armies get wiped out. And they come over the other side and they've seen these miracles one after the other go and take place. And then suddenly they come up with this. How do we know that God is with us anyway? Now you see that goes and has me ask. A question, a question of myself, and a question I would ask of you. Has God done things in your life that you know that they have and are God? Only God could have done it. And now you sit and wonder where God is. That then becomes us testing God. Now you see, when we dig into the New Testament, God goes and has demonstrated, displayed, has shown us his love. By sending Jesus Christ to come and die on a cross for us. While we were yet lost in our trespasses and sins. While we were yet sinners, it tells us in scripture. And you see that leaves us pondering, doesn't it? Wondering. In this Lenten season, am I someone and I have been testing God? Are you someone and you have been testing God? Simply by asking the question... how do we know he really is with us only a few short weeks ago we were celebrating Emmanuel God with us when Christ was born my prayer is this that God will not remove his Holy Spirit from us and not decide to not contend with us anymore but that his Spirit will continue to work and to move and to minister in my life, in your life drawing us deeper and deeper into an understanding of who God is and why God came out of love, grace and mercy, demonstrating his patience in your life and my life. Let me ask you a question in this Lenten season. Do you have to repent, turn away from the fact that you have been questioning and querying the presence of God in your life? David, after all, in Psalm one hundred and thirty-nine, goes and says, "Where can I flee from your presence?" He couldn't. No matter where we go, God is present. The question is, do you believe it? That is the question. So, what's your plan for St. Patrick's Day? What are you going to be up to as we celebrate our national saint and celebrate the fact that he brought the good news of the gospel to us? And yes, we have been looking at Psalm ninety-five. And the journey of the Israelites. And yes we've been looking at Exodus. And the fact that they started to complain. And ask the question where is God. And yes we have reminded ourselves that God is with us. And that is the news that we celebrate. That St. Patrick brought to Ireland. He came here to let us know that God is with us. That he is here for us that he will never leave us nor forsake us, but even greater than all of those things, that he came to save us. That is what it is all about. And, just as a form of a little plug here now while I'm at it, is I am encouraging, I'm inviting you to come and join us in the Methodist Church in Tullamore at 7pm on St. Patrick's evening for a night of music, a night of Hymns put to traditional tunes, trad music, puppet show, a book stall, balloon tying, face painting, all that sort of thing. And of course, lots of food as we celebrate the fact that Patrick brought good news to us. So come celebrate Patrick's good news on St. Patrick's Day. If you're free, why don't you drop by and join in in a good old sing-along? Trust me, you will know the tunes so that's on saint patrick's day but as we enter this week preparing and coming up to the point of saint patrick's day isn't it good for us to remember what it was all about here was this guy came to ireland as a slave ended up then that he got away from here and yet in answer to the call of god upon his life came back to us dramatic stuff no doubt But let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God works in that sort of way today? What has God been saying to you? Do you know God speaking to you? Do you know God speaking to you as you read the scripture? Do you know God speaking to you as you spend time with him in prayer? Do you know God speaking to you as you listen to the counsel of others? Or is God some mystery? A way out there? Unknown? Later on, Dominic is going to be sharing with us again from the Lord's prayer and his reflections on it. And we look forward to that. So folks, in the meantime, all that's left for me to say at this point is may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Show you grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace as you celebrate each day that God has given you. Oh yes, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, if for no other reason that you're alive to see it. God is good, and we have reason to celebrate. So, Pastor Dominic of Athlone Cherith Baptist Church will be joining us, as I have said.
3: Good morning to you, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. This is Pastor Dom, back with you again through Nigel's kind invitation to join you today. On Heartlands, Midlands 103, these are the Disciples' Prayer Devotionals, and this is number two, entitled The Distinction. Prayer is something that we don't find easy, and therefore we need to be taught how to pray. And isn't it always good to learn from the best, and who better than Jesus? That said, we should learn to pray like Jesus prayed, not just repeat what Jesus said. The disciples were always watching Jesus, watching how he leaned upon his Father. He didn't hide his prayer times from them. In fact, he often prayed right there before them. And so, as they watched, they too must have longed for that same intimacy and relationship, direction and power from God Most High. So imagine their surprise as they listened to Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, especially in Matthew chapters 5 and 6. How seven times he used the phrase, your father. Then suddenly it becomes our father in Matthew 6, verse 9. Last time we spoke about our connection, all due to that simple phrase, our father. But that little phrase is anything but simple. It turns everything right side up again after sin had turned everything upside down. It made it clear that the relationship that Jesus had with his Father could now include ordinary people like them, and therefore us. Wow! Isn't that amazing? But then isn't that why we sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like us? Me, too. Consider how this brings us, ordinary people, into one big global family under God. With the Father watching over us, the Son always interceding for us, and the Holy Spirit actually living inside of us. Wow, again. And third, perhaps some of our families and fathers haven't been good models of God the Father's fam- family for us. But see how the Father wants to treat us. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 7:11. If you, then, Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How do you think that might affect our prayer lives, knowing that we can lean on our Father and expect him to give us all those good gifts that he wants to bless us with as we ask him? All this because of a simple little phrase, Our Father, and so for the third time, wow! Now let's hear Jesus' words of the disciples' prayer, and we'll focus in on its second phrase. Our Father, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for ever. Amen. In heaven. I must confess that this phrase always seemed to drive home the great distance between the Father and me. Why was the Father so far away when I desperately wanted him to be close to me? It appeared to me that he lacked compassion and perhaps even worse that from his high position he was just waiting to punish me if I ever did something that bad. As I grew up, I realized that this phrase, in heaven, brought home to me the needed distinction that I needed to have to set my childish thinking straight, in heaven. First, consider the majesty of this place. Let me read to you the words of Revelation 4, verses 2 to 8. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven, with someone sitting on it and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, a rainbow resembling an emerald, encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne, twenty-four other thrones, and seated on them were twenty-four elders, and they were dressed in white, and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, and rumblings, and peals of thunder. And before the throne, seven lamps were blazing these are the seven spirits of god also before the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back the first living creature was like a lion the second was like an ox and the third had the face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle, and each of the four living creatures had six wings, and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Wow! Why is it so important that we hold this distinction, and therefore have a true picture of heaven? because if we don't have a right view of heaven we'll never want to leave earth remember 2 corinthians chapter 4 verses 17 to 18 for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all and so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary But what is unseen is eternal. There was a kid's chorus which said, Heaven is a wonderful place, full of glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face, because heaven is a wonderful place. But do we really want to go there? Why or why not? In heaven, too, consider the authority of this place. Please take the time to read Psalm 2 today. Because in verses 1 and 3 we have the voice of conspiracy from the people. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. In verses 4 to 6 we have the voice of authority as the Father speaks. I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. In verses 7 to 9 we have the voice of of testimony as the Son speaks. He said to me, You are my Son. Today I have become your Father. And finally, in verses 10 to 12, we have the voice of opportunity as the Spirit speaks. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. But is our world listening to these voices from heaven today? In heaven. Third, consider the security of this place. The richest man in the world was once asked, How much is enough? And his answer was, Just a little bit more. But the more we get, the more we want. And then we have the ever-increasing worry of trying to hold on to it all. Didn't Jesus say, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? That poor man lost it all. Now listen to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19-21. to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We come into this world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. I have never yet seen a hearse pulling a trailer behind it. But praise God, we can send our treasures on ahead of us. Our acts of service for God to others here and now Become those treasures that we will be rewarded with there and then. And remember, they're ours to enjoy for all eternity. So where's our focus? Are we slaving away, distractedly working hard for things that will never last and will soon pass away? Or... Are we making best use of our time, serving the Lord and his people for an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you? 1 Peter 1.4 So now as we close up our second devotional on the disciples' prayer, again I have a quote and a question for us all. We cannot anticipate or desire what we cannot imagine. That's why I believe God has given us glimpses of heaven in the Bible to fire up our imagination and to kindle a desire for heaven in our hearts. Randy Alcorn, from his book, Heaven. And finally, my question to us all is very simple. How do we know if we'll get into heaven? May you have a truly blessed day today, listeners, remembering the words that Jesus prayed. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. John 17 verse 24. Amen. Amen.